Welcome to the B2B Marketing and Copywriting Podcast. I am your host, Linda Malone, certified conversion copywriter and founder of The Copyworks. In this podcast, I interview marketing and copywriting experts on all facets of, well, marketing and copy, with an emphasis on the link between the two, with a focus on creating higher conversions in your B2B business. I also include recordings from the other side of the table where I'm interviewed by the host of other podcasts and short clips of tips from yours truly on copywriting. In short, you'll find something for everyone in the marketing and copywriting B2B world. Let's dig in. My guest today is Steph Egger. Steph is the senior strategist at Shift Agency. And he has a content writing background and has worked for B2B consulting brands in Switzerland. He did this before moving and doing the same thing in the United States since 2019. He speaks four languages and intends to learn a fifth one. So in today's interview, Steph talks about how he transitioned from copywriting and content writing to brand strategy. What is brand strategy? How to measure brand efforts and when do you know if you are ready for brand work or brand strategy yourself? Let's jump in. Hey, welcome to the podcast, Steph. I really appreciate you taking the time to, to speak with Thank me today. You. Thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I have one question right out of the gate from your bio that I'm fascinated by. So you speak four languages. Oh. Now, how did that happen? Because, well, my mom was Japanese, my father's Italian. I didn't get to speak either language, and they both were fluent in those languages. They thought they would mess me up as a child. So what languages are they? And did you learn them as a child, or did you learn them as an adult? I might upset you and the listeners, but I used a loophole. Speaking, yes. Now, there's different degrees of, of speaking the language, right? But so I'm fluent in English. I do speak a little bit, quite a little bit of Spanish when I have to, and uh, German as well, and French, of course. I should have started there because it's my it's my native language. Because I hear just a little bit of an accent, very little. Like I wouldn't really even know unless you told me. It's what people tell me. Oh yeah, there's a there's an accent, and I'm hearing something, but I can't figure out where it's from. I guess it's the Swiss accent in a way, because I'm from Switzerland. I'm not French. So definitely if I was French, uh, it would sound a little bit more like this, right? The accent. <laughs> That's awesome. And it's supposed to be really good for your brain too. Like as you, you know, as you age, you say people who know a different language, they have a better ability to retain their cognitive abilities. I don't know. I've downloaded Babbel, that app a bunch of times and I keep deleting it because I'm not using it. Deleting. You have to speak it though, too. That's the thing. But yeah, so let's just jump right into the subject at hand. So I'm also interested, you were you wrote for or you did content writing for B2B consulting brands in Switzerland. Is that so different yes. from is it? So what's the biggest difference? Are there some major differences that you can pinpoint from our brands? Yeah, there's definitely a different way to go about it, I guess. I would say American companies are probably a little more forward thinking in terms of content, in terms of marketing in general. So what you can get approved or possibilities, you have more options. 
copywriter, whatever it is in the States to being a marketer. I'm oversimplifying here the position when you're a marketer in Switzerland. Yeah, that's the first thing I would say that's different. And then, yeah, it's a lot of, it's a lot of bottom of the funnel tactics and type of content. So like subscribe to my webinar now, Hey, we have this event coming up, like register or whatever it is. And of course, like, Hey, we got a sales this month, it's 20% off. It's a lot of that kind of stuff, uh, mostly what some would consider performance marketing, putting it in front of people that are actively buying now. Yeah. I'm also interested. So you were a copywriter first, a copy copywriter and content writer, and then you went to brand becoming a brand strategist. So one of my questions is, how do you become a brand strategist? Is it something you just declare yourself after you get enough experience in it? Or is there like a weekend course on brand strategy? I mean, how does that come about? You could do you could do it both ways, right? There's a third way too, which I took, which was a more extensive certification to hone in my my skills and knowledge as a brand strategist. So talking about strategically building a brand, I was like you said, copywriter, content writer, content marketer, kind of all of this bundled into one position because I was solely responsible for marketing at my holder firm in, in Switzerland. And yeah, moving, moving to the States, I just, I started doing copywriting and content writing and, and I paused and I saw, does that excite you still to this day? It is a very interesting field, especially copywriting to this day. I still, I still do it, of course, as part of a part of the job as a brand consultant in a, but I really thought to myself, maybe now's the time to move into more of the strategic side of things and consult businesses on higher level questions. Mm -hmm. And so to answer your question, I did go through an extensive certification to kind of have that broader knowledge and more in-depth knowledge and, and skills also to be able to consult businesses on their brands. I didn't even know there was like a certification for brand strategy. I mean, I threw that out there kind of to just throw it out there. I didn't know. So that's, right. it's interesting. It depends how you want to, how you want to take it, right? The certifications out there are a bound. Basically, there's a lot of them for any field, any skills, any expertise, right? Almost. Brand strategy is part of it, especially because it's becoming this trendy thing. But I guess I was part of like that trend of like people moving more into, hey, you know, I do brand strategy now, specializing in this instead of copy content. A lot of copywriters actually, graphic designers move into doing more on the, on the strategic side of things for their clients and certification, no certification. Like you said, just proclaiming yourself. I'm a brand strategist. Now, some people do that. I would advise against it. Of course, there's not a whole lot of classes. Actually, if you think about it, that teach brand strategy, purely brand strategy. So mm -hmm. for sure. Yeah. It's, it's about certification courses. There are tremendous resources out there for people yeah. interested. And you're right about copywriters getting more into strategy because I've worked with a number of copywriting coaches. And the thing I've learned is that you don't want to be an order taker. Like you don't want to have people just say, okay, I need yep. this page written. I mean, the whole, the value in what I do is in helping companies take that copy 
it use it strategically, whether it's email, whether it's a landing page, how do you take it? And so it is like, it, it definitely goes, you know, hand in hand with it. And, and on that note, like what, what is brand strategy? It's always an interesting question because for, for it's the answer is drastically going to change from one people to the next. Some call it branding, some call it brand strategy. I tend to say nowadays, at least I tend to use the word brand as a whole to kind of discuss like topics related to, to brand. Uh, so maybe we can start there. Brand also does have a lot of different definitions. It's a reputation and a perception, right? And it's something that exists, whether you like it or not, your brand, a brand of a company or a person and brand strategy is strategically building that perception mm -hmm. and trying to influence that perception the right way. One definition that I really like that was, uh, mentioned by Philip Oakley in, in another podcast that he was on is that brand strategy, you try to engage more future buyers over a certain period of time for them to to choose you over and over again, over the competition, basically. Mm -hmm. I'm paraphrasing his definition, probably butchered it a little. That's how I would define brand strategy is really, how do I engage more future buyers and how do I get them to come back? How do I get them to be okay to pay a premium? All of those things. Yeah, because your brand is, as you mentioned, it's going to happen whether you decide, hey, I'm going to create a brand or not, because people have a perception of you. They're going to interpret what you sell in a certain way. So you're better off and you're taking control of it and saying, and, and really making sure that the perception is what you want it to be, so that your brand is what you want it to be. Otherwise, you're at the mercy of the people who are buying or potentially buying from you. And it may not be good. Chances are it probably won't be, right? If it's up to general if, public. If you're not, in my opinion, at least if you're not intentional about what you're doing internally and externally to influence that perception and to get people to recognize you first and then want to buy from you, yeah, you're going to have a, a tough time on the marketplace. And some, it almost sounds like when you talk about like brand strategy and you talk about things like, you know, demand gen, it's sort of abstract. How do you measure? Because we want to be able to measure our efforts, obviously, and especially if it's something you're doing for a company, you can say, I've done this for other companies. So how do you measure brand efforts? Yeah, that's a, that's the, the big one. Cause there's a lot of, of people out there talking and brand strategy, but there's not a whole lot of talk about ROI with brand right now. I think the first thing to look at is that this duel between performance marketing and performance branding in a way. That's where I would start with my answer. With performance marketing, you're going to look at bottom of the funnel things, people that are actively looking to buy your products, your services that are actively hunting in your category, basically. And with performance branding, you're looking at that top funnel. So 95% of people that aren't ready to buy yet, but their potential future buyers. So you're going to want to educate them. You're going to want to make an impression. I always talk about lasting impressions. That's kind of the goal with performance branding. And so getting back to your original question of how do you measure it? You try to look in the most, I guess, tangible way. And if you trim everything down to the most tangible things you can measure, uh, I would look at communications, of course. So the action of expressing your brand and you look at how 
distinctive and relevant your creative assets are. And then you also try to measure how efficient your distribution of those assets is. One example that, that's often mentioned is the is Geico's Gecko, right? It's a character that the brand uh, Geico uses to kind of create an impression and connect the brand with something that people are going to remember. So that's typically an asset you could, you could leverage is a character. And then of course you have stories. Talk nowadays about storytelling, brand storytelling, brand story. That's part of it too. It's one of the role of your creative campaign is to tell a story. That is, if you want to make a connection with people, the characters, stories, you're really trying to activate those assets and make them distinctive and relevant, as I mentioned. And it seems like they could be polarizing because I'm thinking of the Burger King. Was it Burger King that had that? Yeah. The King. Like that was the creepiest thing I've ever seen in my life. I don't know if they're still using it. I can't. I know that other people said the same thing. I mean, and, and some of them. I mean, as soon as you see, like yeah. you said, the gecko, you know that it's Geico. And I didn't even, until you actually said that, I thought, okay, maybe that's, that must be how they got the gecko as the mascot because the, the name is similar. I didn't even think about that. But yeah, it's interesting how you can just see that one image and immediately relate to what the brand is. So yeah. So what are you ready for brand like strategy? So say somebody, even like me, it's just me. I'm branding myself on LinkedIn just as a copywriter, conversion copywriter. Everything I'm doing is geared toward that. I mean, is it something I would need to do or is it really there's certain parameters to who and what size company or something you, you need to, like, what is it that determines when you're ready for that? It's a question that often gets asked, at least to us, uh, with Jason Vanna at Shift uh, on our agency. I, and I think actually it's unfortunate because it's actually the wrong way to think about it in a way. There's not really one point in time when you're ready for brand strategy or sometimes people ask, well, we have those different products and services and like, when are we going to be ready and when should we start? And for me, it's, it's more, it's never too late. It's never too early. And it's also about what kind of business issue do you have? That's the first thing you need to ask yourself. And then brand, a brand consultant, just like a business consultant can come in, diagnose, identify the issue and offer a solution. Oftentimes business and brand strategy are closely related. That's how I think about it is the brand strategy is the customer facing side of the business strategy. It's how you express your brand externally. And so in that sense, it, it identifies the business issue you're experiencing and it tries to fix it with a customer facing solution. Are there some general steps to like, if someone says I need a brand strategy for my company, is there a typical series of steps or stages that you take them through or does it vary a lot? Yeah, I guess I've been saying this on LinkedIn too, on my content and on different platforms. It's really different phases will require different actions. So for a startup, or if you're launching a new product or service, you're going to have different needs than if you're a mature business and you're trying to reinvent yourself. That being said, I think the most common things would be to research 
that you're on that you cannot escape. And then it's really also evaluating your market, the field you evolve in and just making sure like, okay, how can I be different? How is my idea, my business idea or this new product I'm launching, whatever it is, how is it different? How is it better? Also a big question that's not necessarily talked about a lot, but how is it relevant? A lot of talk about how do I stand out? How do I differentiate? Relevance is very important uh, because if you're not relevant, it doesn't matter if you stand out. So you need also to make sure that you're relevant. And the way you do this is by researching, I guess, your audience, your customers, existing and future buyers and your market. Also digging into your own company's authenticity and credibility and looking for things here that you can activate maybe to to become relevant and different on the marketplace. Is it common for a company to really just revisit their branding strategy on a regular basis? Or is it only what I'm thinking of a brand like like Kodak that failed because they did not believe that digital photography was going to be a thing. And so in other like IBM right. failed and all that. Is it only companies when they see that there's something really wrong that they usually do a brand do over kind of thing? Or is it something that you should really take a look at, you know, every few years or certain you know amounts of time after i don't know an event like the pandemic or something yeah i don't think there's a right or wrong answer here but once again it depends you just want to make sure that you stay on top of it in a way stay on top of the trends what's happening in the social economical landscape to make sure you don't become irrelevant once again you mentioned kodak right nokia i guess is another big one that was kind of if I'm not wrong, it was, a, it was a very big player in the mobile phones space, and it didn't seize the opportunity that the smartphone offered. And now it's, yeah. it's irrelevant. It's, it's funny to me that a brand like Kodak or a big brand, even like IBM, you know, they get so big that they think they're untouchable or that, oh, we see these other things going on around us, but, you know, we're still going to be fine. I mean, it, it seems like it's kind of arrogant, <laughs> you know. No, it's, it's arrogant and it's complacency really is what it is, is we're a big player in our field where we have a lot of market shares and actually it's, it's, that shouldn't be enough by itself unless you're seeing good results and like you're trending in the right direction, but someone's always coming to, to take your place. Exactly. Well, this has been awesome and I apologize to the glitches and the, but where can people find you if they want to know more about what you do and you personally, as well as as shift? Yeah, so I am pretty active on LinkedIn. Steph Egger, that's S-T-E-P-H-E-G-G-E-R. Twitter as well, same handle. And then we have our shift.agency website. That's S-H-F-T, without the I, dot agency, where you can find a lot of resources. I write monthly essays on brand, brand strategy. We have resources on content. We have a, a podcast coming out soon. So, yeah. People reach out and send me a DM or connection on LinkedIn, and I'd be happy to chat. Great. Thank you so much for your time today. I really appreciate it. It's been fun. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, so that wraps up today's episode. I hope you found it valuable. And if you did and you enjoyed it, please be sure to share it with friends and business associates who may find it of interest as well. 
Thanks so much for listening and be sure to follow me on LinkedIn, or you can reach out to me through my website at thecopyworks.com. And we'll talk to you soon.